Before we dive into this episode, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts and you love listening to this show, please take a second and leave a review. It'll help boost the show so that others struggling in a toxic workplace can find it. I also love reading your comments, like this one from A. Fields, who says, Sometimes toxic workplaces are a slow burn, not a wildfire, and they just creep up on you. How true is that? It's always a slow burn until you completely burn out. Thanks for your comment. And now here's Miranda's story. Before starting any jobs, I like to go through glass doors. And this company actually had 2.4 rating, which is pretty low. I guess this was my red flag that I ignored. This is Miranda. Miranda works in the accounting and finance industry. When she found this job, she was eager to make a career move for a higher salary, which outweighed the 2.4 star rating this company had on Glassdoor. The interview process was very normal. They all seemed really, really nice. It's just so hard to try to scope out what the workplace is really like from the interview. I did ask questions like, what is your work culture? They all answered very professionally. They were like, oh, you know, we're all very laid back here. We would be really happy to have you. They all seemed genuinely nice. And we were just laughing our entire interview. So I felt good about the interview. Red flags don't always pop up during the interview process. Well-trained business professionals know how to put their best face forward when it comes to recruiting top talent. And Miranda has an impressive resume. The hiring managers made her feel comfortable in their presence, and she felt good about this company. It wasn't until she stepped through the doors as their employee that she would start to see their true colors. My name's Carly, and this is Toxic Workplace, a podcast that gives a platform to those who have survived highly toxic work experiences only to come out with newfound wisdom and a renewed sense of self. A toxic workplace is more than just the daily grind. It's a soul-crushing experience that will chip away at your sanity until you're about to lose your mind. It's an abusive relationship that's hard to leave. And the longer you stay, the more you lose sight of who you set out to be. I got the job. My first week went okay. Everyone came around to introduce themselves. They were all really nice and polite. So it's not exactly a big company. It's about 40 people. But I guess second week was when it really started to get bad. I was trained by someone who was incompetent and they knew she was incompetent. I guess her husband was friends with my boss. So it's kind of a odd situation there. He couldn't necessarily fire her. We'll call her Jen. She was, I guess, the only senior associate available to be able to train me because my boss didn't train me himself. What he would tell me is try to ignore any information that she gives me during my training. But on the days that she's off, he will do a one-on-one training with me and guide me through. So I was just really confused. Like I had a really hard time. Because one information is wrong, but then the other information is correct. So it was just really messy and disorganized. And it took me like six months to be able to be competent at this job. 
Miranda was set up for failure right from the get-go. The employee they assigned to train her, Jen, needed training herself. The fact that Miranda's boss told her to ignore what Jen was telling her tells you everything you need to know about the low caliber of training Miranda was receiving. Also, this is a huge waste of time to have to train with someone who's incompetent, especially when you're asked to throw everything you've learned out the window. This is extremely confusing for a new staff. Working in a financial firm has many layers. You have to learn various software, proper documentation, record keeping and workflows, on top of being meticulous with the numbers you're working with. Not an easy task for a new employee. So you can imagine why good training is essential in getting new staff prepared and efficient for when the training wheels come off. Miranda's boss knew she was being poorly trained, yet when he worked directly with her, he would act frustrated with her work, huffing and puffing over her mistakes, which wasn't exactly encouraging. The first six months were really rough on me because my boss would be really aggressive. So if I made any simple, small mistakes, something like really simple that I can fix, he would start slamming the cabinet, he would start slamming the drawers. He was like excessively sigh. He'd be like, oh, oh. and it just made me so nervous and I could not work under that kind of pressure. I think he thought I was really stupid in the first place. This just destroyed my confidence. He would do things like cut me off. Like he would cut any of like the female workers. He would just cut them off. Like he does not let them talk. In the world of accounting, it's common to have at least one person to review between the staff who prepares the financials and the person at the top. Small mistakes are easy to make. So having mid-level managers review the numbers before submitting to the boss will save the frustration of easy mistakes going back and forth from high level to brand new employee. And this is what Miranda was accustomed to in her previous job. Compared to my first job, we would always have someone in the final round doing the final checks right before we finish our month and our balance sheet, income statement, all that. We had that final someone to catch that mistake. But with this job, it was my boss who would catch that mistake. So when he would find out, he would just like lose it on me. But basically, my job is to balance out the debits and credits for assets, liabilities, equity. And the reason why it kept making mistakes was because of the new software that I was using. I had no idea how to work this because the person that was training me, she also didn't know. I honestly had to Google it because I did not want to ask my boss because he would be like, why do you not notice? It's been a month. So I would Google the answers on how do I get this formula? How do I make this chart? What I wished my boss would have done for me was that I wish instead of keep like cornering me and blaming me for all the mistakes that I've made I wish he would have just sat me down and been like look you're not performing at the level that I want you to be like where is the gap that's happening like what do you not understand let us help you because I feel like when you're working a new job I feel like it's also your work's responsibility to be able to train you properly they can't like expect 
their worker to just get everything. The way Miranda's boss acted towards her and her work she produced made her feel like he thought she was stupid. I asked her if she ever doubted herself or her abilities to do this job. So I was very confident in terms of my my abilities. Like I never once thought like, oh, I'm so stupid because I know I'm capable of being able to do, you know, like accounting work because I, I did it at my old job. But at this job, I just would keep like messing up the numbers, just really like put in the wrong formula. It was just, but then I felt like crying every time I would make a mistake because I was just so scared that my boss would, you know, start yelling at me, start slamming this stuff down. And also like my coworkers would, they would like snicker and say that I was stupid if I put in the wrong numbers. Poor training wasn't the only issue Miranda was facing at her new job. On day one, she was confronted with several instances of racial comments. Miranda is Vietnamese, which seemed to be the topic of discussion among her peers on her first day. Jen came up to me and she said, what is your ethnicity? And I said, oh, I'm Viet. And she's like, oh, I thought you were Chinese. But I said, oh, why, why did you think that? And she said... Oh, like the person that was interviewing you just assumed you were Chinese. And I think that's not like a blatant racism, but it is a just hint of ignorance and racism to just expect all Asians are Chinese. And I think it's actually quite unprofessional to ask for someone's ethnicity anyway. Like, because I feel like it doesn't really matter. Unless you're friends with your coworkers, then sure, like they can ask. But I think on a first date, that was kind of like, ooh, this is kind of weird. But I was like, okay, it's fine. There are 48 countries in Asia. To generalize people of Asian descent as a single category would be generalizing over 4.6 billion people. Vietnam alone has a population of just over 97 million. As educated professionals, the people at this company should know that different regions and countries all have their own unique heritage and culture, and to generalize someone based on their appearance is disrespectful and racist. Heritage is an important part of one's identity, which is personal and not necessarily open for discussion when you're welcoming someone new into your workplace. The fact that the manager assumed Miranda was Chinese and announced this to Jen and who knows who else at the firm is unprofessional and sets a tone of blatant ignorance from the top that obviously trickled down through the staff. Uh, And then the second racist encounter was like I overheard this guy and a guy talking about me. I was in the bathroom and they were like waiting for the elevator so I could still like hear all their conversation. They were like, oh, did you see the new girl that we just hired? And he was like, yeah, she's pretty attractive for an Asian, which really shocked me. I think I was just really shocked because I've never worked in a place like this before. So I wasn't sure if I was just being like overly sensitive or if I was just losing my mind and these people were just being normal. I just felt like I was crazy, honestly, for being upset at that comment. And I tried talking about it with my other coworker, but he said, oh, but he's complimenting you. 
So it was just really hard for me as a minority woman in this corporate world because I felt like I was so alone. So I would like Google or like YouTube or, you know, listen to your podcast about other people's experience. So I don't feel alone. Like I don't feel like the whole world against me. I can imagine the disappointment and embarrassment Miranda felt when she overheard her coworkers say she was pretty attractive for an Asian, and then further embarrassed when she told her work friend, who told her she should take it as a compliment. But is it a compliment? She came into this place to further her career, learn new things, and be a part of a professional team not be the topic of discussion about her attractiveness and ethnicity. She's being judged on how she looks and not what she brings to the table as an employee. Feeling judged by her peers would trigger anxiety in Miranda. As time went on, she saw more and more gossip and bullying of her peers behind their backs and worried about what others must be saying about her when she wasn't around. This caused stress and deflated her confidence. It was a really cutthroat environment. Our work culture was like, we would throw each other under the bus because of the way they would gossip about anyone that made mistakes. They would gossip about Jen, my senior associate, but it wasn't about her work ethic. It got to a point where they were just attacking her, like, Oh, you know, she's so obese. It disgusts me. When they're with her, they'll be like, oh, hi, how are you, Jen? Like, how was your weekend? Like, how's your family? But then as soon as she would go to the bathroom or she would have a day off, they would just constantly just talk about how stupid she was. It was just really awful. They would be mocking my other coworkers, other minority groups, their accents. So they would be like talking, like one of my coworkers is Indian, so they would just put on this fake Indian accent and start cackling behind his back. It's always behind each other's back, which as I heard that while I worked, I developed paranoia to the point where I felt like if I went to the bathroom, they were probably saying the same thing about me, attack my personality or like whatever it is. And I think they probably didn't really realize how actually like toxic and unprofessional they were being. Tearing others down for their physical appearance or how they talk is bullying. Miranda's coworkers are openly bullying people, which sends a strong message to those around them. They can't be trusted. And side note, I wonder how many of them can fluently speak a second or third language. Maybe if they could, they'd realize how impressive it is for others to know multiple languages. Anyways, open gossip and bullying at the workplace creates distrust among employees, and distrust leads to a hostile work environment. Miranda's calm and reserved disposition made her an easy target for the bullies to take a condescending tone when working with her. I think it's one of the mistakes that I made at this workplace is that I would not stand up for myself. Like they would just reply to me really rudely over the phone or over email. I would still keep my professional tone because I thought if I didn't react, they would eventually get bored of it and leave me alone. But no, I think that is the opposite. Like they would like treating me like crap, like even worse. So I just tried 
doing like an experiment because I was like, screw it. Like, I'm going to quit this job anyways soon. So I'm just going to experiment and see what do I need to do to not put myself in this situation again. So I just one day I finally stood up for myself. I was just like, hey, like, can you not talk to me like that over the phone? I feel like it's super condescending and honestly demoralizing. Um, it kind of is super rude and unprofessional for you to just yell at me over the phone. And he immediately apologized and he never did it again because I think he felt embarrassed. But the thing is, now I'm perceived as like um, a B-I-T-C-H because I'm known as someone who's quiet, who's reserved, who just minds her own business. But now that I start like standing up for myself, they're like, oh, that's not, that's not Miranda. Like, why are you acting up now? Like, she's uptight, she's sensitive, like, she's rude, she's stuck up, all that. So, honestly, like, you can't win in this kind of situation. So, I don't want other people, like, going through similar experiences as me to put up with this. But there's no shame of having to quit. It's not like you're being a loser or you're running away. But it's just protecting yourself and not putting yourself through that. No one wants to be earmarked as someone who's difficult to talk to or work with. So when your colleagues make inappropriate comments or condescending remarks, the instinctual reaction is to go with the flow and not ruffle any feathers, even if your own feathers are ruffled. This can only go on for so long before there's a breaking point. It wasn't until Miranda felt she had nothing to lose that she stood up for herself. Miranda's boss had chauvinistic tendencies. He treated the women in this firm differently than he treated the men. She says he would cut her off frequently, and the men had loose restraints around their schedules and lunches compared to the women. The guys were, they would go out for drinks and just not come back to work. Like, they would just not come back, and they would not get written up or, you know, docked. Nobody cared. I think it was kind of like part of our work culture. It's like it's like how we operate. But it's one of like my coworkers. She she decided to just leave as well after lunch. She never came back, and she actually got written up. So they can't do it. Like they always get docked off. And I would see chats. I saw this one chat, which was like, you know, women they're not capable of being in accounting. Because he said that we were too stupid. It would baffle me because these men have girlfriends, daughters. So how can you say that about women in general and your coworkers? And it's like I can't go to my boss and be like, hey, this person is being super sexist because they simply do not care and we do not have the proper HR setup. Yeah, no HR. HR will be like my boss, but they, they do not care. So you're not going to do anything about it. The management of this company doesn't care to fix the problem because they are the problem. I would assume that they don't see this as a problem or they don't realize there's a biased boys club type culture. They're comfortable with it. In this sort of environment where bullying, sexism, racism, and gossip thrive, the people that stay for the long term are the perpetrators, the ones who actively participate in the toxicity. And whether they subconsciously or consciously realize it, they'll look to hire others who will either participate in the toxicity or will submit to it. 
those who submit themselves to it will find they're frequently devalued and will lose confidence in their ability to leave. We have about 15 ladies that's working. None of us are vocal. Like, none of us are, like, you know, loud or we're not very assertive. We're all very, like, quiet. Yeah, we do not pick a fight. We just, like, let it roll off our back. Some of the guys that's not problematic, they're also super, super quiet and passive, and they don't, they don't stand up for themselves. The toxicity of Miranda's job started to seep into her personal life outside of the office. After going through months of feeling awful about her situation, she decided to take on a new perspective to get her through. And even when I was not working, during my days off, I could not stop thinking about work. Like, I just felt so crappy feeling in the heart. And I tried everything. Like, I tried working out. Like, I tried, like, talking to my friends about it. But it was only, like, a temporary fix in my permanent problem. The past six months, I just would feel such crappy. Like, some days I couldn't even wake up for work. So I would just have to call in sick. But... How I got over this was that one day I just realized that life is so short. I'm already in my 30s. Maybe I'm not guaranteed a tomorrow. Like, I'm young, but, like, I'm not that young anymore. I don't want to, like, obsess over these irrelevant people, what they're thinking or what they're saying about me. Because at the end of the day, like, words cannot hurt me. Yeah, people can say I'm stupid, incompetent, like, all that kind of comments. But if you just block it out, I know it's easier said than done, but I think how I train my mind is these people literally do not matter. Like if I die, I would regret so much that I upset so much of my free time worrying about what this so-and-so was saying about me or how this person thought about me. And another thing is because all my other works, I've always gotten either a raise or a promotion. I'm not going to let this one bad workplace feel like I'm stupid or incompetent. And another really good tip is to just write it all out. So if someone's really being rude or just bringing you down, you just write it on a piece of paper, like everything you want to say to them. And then you just throw it out because you have to let it out. You have to train your mind and just really think about what really matters in your life. Miranda's toxic work experience has helped her focus on the things that truly matter in life. She is learning to not allow what others think and say about her negatively affect her thoughts and feelings. She's learning to use her voice to stick up for herself when others try to bring her down or are being condescending. You can't force others to change, but you can change the way you react or don't react to negativity. As of this recording, Miranda is still at this toxic workplace, but she's disconnected herself from it, knowing that it's only temporary and something better is on the horizon. She is currently job hunting and being selective with her next move, looking for the red flags and searching for an employer where she can grow and thrive by being herself. Next time on Toxic Workplace. They said that my time management skills weren't good, but whenever you give somebody twice as much work as, as you can, I don't care what you say, no time management's gonna help. I was just like, this is so ridiculous. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. 
If you have a story you'd like to share on this show, please go to ToxicWorkplacePodcast.com and click on Be a Guest. Your story will be shared anonymously. All names are changed to protect the employee and the company.